Cave Quivi Sumas, all our buddies. Welcome back to the Gerald Field Report here, our first annual Yuletide episode. I, for my part, am the angel of Christmas melancholy, old CW they call me. I am present in every sad episode of every uh, Christmas show ever. And who here is uh, joining me, the other angel atop this tree, or possibly menorah in the window? Uh, I'm Anthony, and I am literally Santa Claus. Nice. Yeah, I've ha- I have like an entire uh, dating profile that is about that. Uh, which no is part of me nice. is surprised that <laughs> that's not both, really both that that's a scene and that you are in that scene. Both of uh, those add up. Yeah, it like it started with my ex wife, uh, and <laughs> it just yep. kind of spawned from that. Uh, so yeah, this is the Jailfield Report, uh, where we it started out look... with a Chris Kringle. How did it end up like this? Kringle single. Wait, <laughs> never mind. Sorry, <laughs> I followed the rhyme and it went to a mean place. I apologize. Uh, this is Jailfield Report, <laughs> where we uh, don't eat, don't eat. Like, wait, pause. And... I'm sorry. <laughs> that was genu- That was genuinely unkind, and I didn't mean it to be. I, I, I wasn't paying attention. I don't remember what you said. Cool. Never mind. Okay, start over. Welcome to the What's It. Go. Casey, when you make stupid puns, I like, like, it's like feedback noise starts going through my head, so I can't actually hear anything. All right. Uh, so this is the Jailfield Report, where, where Casey and I go through every episode of Hey Arnold uh, and talk about it. Talk about the things that go on in that episode. Yeah. Um, we usually are going through the actual production order, or at least we started going through the actual production order, but it's mm-hmm. the holiday season, and with they the holidays uh, means like we should probably watch our favorite holiday specials, uh, yeah. including this one. Uh, so today we're kind of straying from our original production order. Uh, we are going to watch the uh, Christmas episode. I think it's called Arnold's Christmas. Is it is. The title Season 1, of, episode 11. Uh, on Hulu. By not Hulu Reckoning. Yeah, by Hulu yeah. Reckoning. So if you uh, logged into this episode thinking we were going to uh, be watching uh, Weez and Ed, uh, we're not. Go back on Hulu, watch the Christmas special. It's Although Christmas. Although he is the weasen for the season. Yeah, it's Christmas uh, and some other guy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's funnier than you acted. Like I said, Casey, it's like feedback noise. It's automatic. You don't really pay attention <laughs> go, to what's go, happening. Go, go. Uh, anyways, go back. Uh, watch the Christmas episode. It's Christmas season. Uh, consider it our gift to you. Our Christmas yeah. gift, as you will. We'll give you don't time. Don't shake it. And I said, no, 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 no. Not Yule Log, Yule Brinner. Oh, see, every time I've missed up those movies on Netflix, it's just, it's mm-hmm. awful. It's a bad time. It's a corner yeah. of the Netflix sphere you didn't know existed. Yeah. How can there be a corner in a sphere in the first place, you find yourself asking? It's only the first of many questions. Well, you can fit a, a cube into a sphere. Nope. <laughs> so, Can't be in done. that way... Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. That's, that, Put a that's Euclid a on it. Okay, let's talk about Christmas. <laughs> okay, so this episode, uh, give you a brief rundown, run through of this episode. Uh, it's Christmas time, and mm-hmm. uh, Arnold is out to find uh, the perfect grift, 
Uh, yeah, the perfect grift. This is a grifting episode grift. now. This is a recreation of the sting, everybody. No, uh, Arnold uh, <laughs> seeks out to find the perfect gift for his secret Santa, Mr. Wynn, a character who up until this point has just been relegated to uh, funny one-liners at random yeah. parts of the episode. The funny little foreigner. Yeah. Um, I think this is actually one of the first, like, real fleshed out, like, storyline storyline episodes uh in the oh, yeah. series uh there are not very many of them um but this is one of the ones that holds the distinction of being a full 25 minutes long as opposed mm-hmm. to the standard 12 and a half minutes uh that we're used to in this uh which we had allows... some others there was there was the one with ernie where we figured out what his deal was and how how that related to Phil and Gertie, but yeah, this is this is the first one where they like, no, we're gonna make the whole thing about one character and why he is the way he is. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it's Christmas time, and everybody is happy, but everybody is a little sad, uh, which is something yes. that uh, Casey Hills just absolutely loves about Christmas time. Oh, I, I love it. I just lap it up like wet cat food. I really think it's important for Christmas to have a tangible element of melancholy. Yeah. Uh, particularly Mr. Wynn uh, gets sad every time this time of year because he has no family around. And uh, we find out that the reason he has no family around is because uh, he grew up during the Vietnam War. uh, And uh, in an effort to escape through the horrible communist regime that had been installed within it, um, he tried to escape in a U.S. embassy, which, which is what it looked like. Um, I have some research on that. Actually, we'll get the to that. The helicopter pilot uh, said he can't bring both of him and his daughter, so he sacrifices his daughter uh, so she can live a better life in the United States uh, with hopes that he will one day meet her. Uh, we find out that it's been 20 years since that happened. That hasn't happened yet. And um, Arnold decides, as Arnold does, and Elga has a fantastically amazing line about Arnold's mindset in this we'll talk about later, uh, he's gonna find Mr. Wynn's daughter for him. Uh, um, what ensues is a series of unfortunate events as it happens in Hey Arnold episodes, uh, with Arnold trying to figure out a way to, uh, track down... Uh, Mr. Wynn's daughter. Uh, he is unable to do so. Goes back to his house defeated. Helga Pataki, the selfish I love Christmas for me person in this story, um, mm-hmm. sacrifices Trump. Uh, sacrifices her Christmas gift to give Arnold the one thing he wants for Christmas. Uh, Mr. Wynn is united with his daughter and everybody lives happily ever after. Now, how does one trade a pair of high-end fashion boots for a missing daughter? That's the question, and I can't wait to find out. So, um, first thing I want to point out is they use recycled footage from the snow episode at the very beginning of this episode. (laughs) I'm not surprised, but I'm also not mad about it. Because they had the sparkly, tinkly Christmas music that... It's Jim Lang, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's good shit. I'm not mad. it's, It's... it's posted in our chat. Uh, it really is. And if I thought I could get away with it without getting us sued into oblivion, I would absolutely have it in the background of this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lang, Hair and Old Snow. Uh, if you guys look up Sunset Loops on YouTube, you'll find like three hours. You know what? I'm going to do it. it. I'm going to put it. I'm going to I'm going to layer it over the background of this episode. Doesn't matter. We're not making what? we're not making money for this episode say, anyways. If we get a C and D from Sneoosh, I'll take it down, whatever. <laughs> it's it's like and and like if we remember like Harmontown, like uh 
check that off of your bingo cards, everybody. Uh, but no, yep. at the beginning of Harmontown, like up until they started charging people to uh, watch the video live, uh, uh, Jeff Davis just picked whatever random music he wanted and would play that at the beginning introduction of the episode. Like, yeah. Uh, I think if you're not commercially benefiting from it, you're allowed to use it under free use. Yeah, because you're allowed because we're listening. We're putting this out for free. All of our listeners get we to don't have it. advertisers. Also, let's be honest. If I got a cease and desist from the offices of Sneush, I would fucking frame that shit. Are you kidding? Yeah. And technically, anyway. technically, the one that I posted, if you want to use that, is also like uh, lo-fi hip hop, but not lo-fi hip hop, but like like a remixed right. version of it. So I don't think it's oh, exactly the same. Uh, okay. So, um, what we're seeing is a classic, very, very classic Christmas storyline. Uh, Archetypal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Helga is selfish and loves Christmas because she wants... Uh, what's the... Do you have the, the quote that she... I know you have the quote, Casey. <laughs> uh, that she she advocates shopping like a barbarian, which made me very happy. Uh, and drools over the uh, signature, the Nancy Spumoni signature snow boots with Rhonda. Now, I don't know about all you listeners, but as a small child, I wondered why anyone would want a pair of boots that another person had written their name on. But nevertheless, they are the hot item of the year. So she and Rhonda both want them. She's been dropping hints to her parents, and they had better fucking deliver if they know what's good for them. So, so I fucking love the fact that the boots are named Nancy Spumoni's. It's very uh, good. There is a lot of layers to this joke uh, that I just... Okay, so Dino Spumoni is the the avatar Lawyer for... Lawyer-friendly cameo. Yeah. For Frank Sinatra in the kind series. Of Martin. Doesn't matter. In this particular scenario, he is uh, Frank Sinatra. Okay? Michael uh, Bublé. Frank Sinatra had a daughter. Right. Uh, whose name was Nancy Sinatra. Nancy Sinatra. And Nancy Sinatra is most famous for writing and producing the song called Boots. Uh, these boots are made for walking, and that's just yep. what you'll do. One of these days, these boots are just are going to walk on. So the fact are that ready, these boots? are these are these are Nancy Spumoni boots, and only people who are aware of Frank Sinatra and the relationship between Nancy Sinatra and Frank Sinatra, and the fact that she create like like it's it's one of those jokes that were definitely written for the parents that are watching this episode. Oh, for the writers, yeah. <laughs> But is definitely like not even like you have to like 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 okay why is it Spumoni who's Spumoni Frank Spumoni why is it Frank like like this could just be a random name or or whatever but the fact that like there's that much level going into a single line for a product mm-hmm. that could be named anything is it, it just makes me it's incredible. And we actually have another example of that later in the episode uh, when they get to the government building. We'll get there. Yeah, uh, but uh, I have things to talk so, about the government building too. Uh, oh, but I believe one, it. One one quote that I really think is important for Helga in this is: I didn't write the entire quote. I thought you would have had it. Sorry, uh, it's about getting yours before the other guy gets his. Uh, which, yes. like, it really like like uh, Helga is being set up as the selfish at Christmas archetype. The me, mm-hmm. me, me, want, want, want. I want this. I want that for Christmas. The, the Veruca, the Veruca salt of, uh, Christmas movies. Um, yep. which usually indicates, uh, when there's that kind of, that much, uh, that mentality. 
that much of that mentality being shown at the beginning of an episode, um, she's definitely the person who's going to have the the big changing character arc. Yeah, and is going gonna to have her heart. She's going to have her her Scrooge her Scrooge moment or her Grinch moment where she she realizes that her views of the season have been wrong. Right. Well, and two important things about her perspective. One, she's the daughter of Big Bob Pataki. Everything about her life is driven by money and materialism and flash and consumer greed. So this is this is the religion she has been brought up in. And two, as much as it is gross and crass and materialistic, she spends the entire episode trying to find the perfect gift for Arnold, and she genuinely believes that this is how you express to people that you care about them. I have, and like I have, she's not she's not trying to win Christmas. So I, I definitely think I know. Like I, I wrote this down. Um, I think there's actually like an actual like mentality and reason why she views it this way. Um, Go on. Helga lives in a broken household. Like, like the show doesn't pretend that she does not have the worst parents on earth, doesn't have the worst sister on earth. Parents who don't care about her, parents who don't show her love and affection when they should. Okay. Right. Although we'll get to a bit with Miriam later. But no, go I'm on. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm talking about this right now. This is, okay. this is the entire point of what I'm, what I'm, I'm getting towards. Except Sorry, for Christmas. So. You find out that Miriam Pataki spent 17 hours uh, in line trying to get Helga the pair of boots that she's been wanting so badly all of Christmas. Helga, like Miriam Pataki, the drunk, does not care, has definitely packed shaving cream in her daughter's lunch bag once uh, in a later episode. Um goes out and, and, and like, like, I think Helga, the reason Helga has such a skewed view of what of what Christmas is, of why presents are the only way to show people that you care about them and show them that you love them is because the only time that Helga Pataki actually gets love and affection from her parents is on Christmas. In the form of fine leather goods. Yeah. But it's it's not well, just and I mean, fine and leather goods. It's the fact that his, her mom stood in line got her. For, yeah. for hours to get her the perfect present. Right. Well, and, like, different people have different what are called love languages. I'm sure this is a concept familiar to most of our listeners. It's that it's the wavelength on which you receive and appreciate, you know, affection. And there's a whole bunch of them. Gift-giving is one of them. Some people, a gift really makes them feel special and, like, you were thinking of them and got them this thing. For some people, it's acts of service. Um, for some people, it's physical affection or words of affirmation and understanding yeah. the love languages, not just of your romantic partner, but also just of the people in your life is key to making sure that they understand how you feel about them. Because you can't you can't speak French at them and expect them to understand what you're saying if all they know is German. So the fact that Helga's love language is, you could see it either as gifts, as gift giving, which is not inherently bad unless it's taken too far, or that Miriam, like as an act of service specifically, that she, as you said, stood in line for 18 hours to get these uh, overpriced boots that will fit her for exactly eight weeks. But I also feel like, 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 of course you're going to be kind of a fucked up kid and you're going to have a fucked up view of, of the holiday season if the only time that your parents show you love and affection is the time where they are contractually obligated to give right. you presents and give you gifts and show that affection to you. Um, the cultural mores demand it. So yeah, it's just well, like it it made me kind of sad uh 
knowing that, like, the fact that her mom gave her these fancy boots for Christmas made me kind of sad because it it shows just like how awful she is the rest of the year. Now, granted, Miriam yeah. Pataki's awful to Helga for uh, a lot of understandable reasons. Mostly yeah, a lot of that she's ones. in an abusive relationship with her husband and she's an alcoholic uh, that hasn't been able to get help, and that her husband actively pushes her down because when she doesn't have the shackles of her husband in her life, she thrives, which is yep. in another episode we'll talk about. Anyways, uh, I have a lot to say about the Patek. I bet you do, and I look forward to hearing it. So we see some other examples of this, actually, that Arnold and Gerald are walking around, and Gerald has apparently gotten everyone in his family a tie for Christmas. I so much. Including his sister. And Arnold says, you can't give Timberly a tie. She's a little four-year-old girl. What's she going to wear a tie for? To which Gerald replies. I don't remember. What did oh, he say? To which Gerald replies, formal occasions. Yeah. I love it so much. That's, it's that's so definitely good. like the nine-year-old's view of, of gift buying. I, yep. I don't think I don't think that, that Gerald was being lazy in doing this. I no. think I think like Gerald found a, a thread and was like, this is the best idea ever. I get everybody ties. Timberly will get a tie. My uncle will get a tie. Everybody will have special ties. Because it's not like 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 you're a nine-year-old. You could just not give your little sister a Christmas present. Yeah, for real. Like, like, but the fact that he, and he he could, didn't just get her any random tie, he got her a tie that he felt matched her personality yeah. and matched it her aesthetic. It has little pink things on. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I I don't know I I really appreciated it and really loved that that's what Gerald was doing. It's a good fucking episode, dude. So uh, then we cut to Mister Wynn, who is arriving at the boarding house, possibly pursued by a Baba Duke, if the uh, whispers that accompany him are any indication. Yeah. Grandma, in keeping with her sundowning, uh, has made the joint up for Thanksgiving, and everybody's doing Secret Santa. Okay, but but this is this is my question, like. The time periods of this are, are kind of skewed, okay? Uh, they're setting up the Christmas tree right then and there. Right. Uh, and they're passing out Secret Santa. Now, I don't know any kind of Secret Santa that, like, is given two days before Christmas or three days. Like, exactly. No way. You're supposed to do that a month in advance. So I think that, yes, she probably is sundowning, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that what they're doing is actually on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Okay, which would indicate that the that the episode takes place over the course of like almost a month, which would make sense because a lot of what happens in Arnold trying to find Mister Wynn's uh, daughter, like, is like we'll talk about it later. But I just feel like the the time frame that it exists in does not make any sense at all. To that me. makes I mean that makes perfect sense. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, this is an insane amount and, of things and, and to happen like, in like, one day. Like like at uh, Helga looking at the Nancy Spumoni boots and talking about how much she wants them. Also, like, was that her first like appearance of the Nancy Spumoni boots? Like, like was that the first time she saw them? Did she tell her mom like within that month that that? Well, she said she'd been dropping her hints four months beforehand. Okay, so probably yeah. it's it's now more than likely this this happened in a two day span. Like, I'm not gonna lie because. Uh, Grandpa says, start playing some holiday music, Pookie. And she plays Yankee Doodle Dandy. She certainly does. Which, though, which is a callback 
two, I mean, it's not a callback, but they do call back to that in a later on episode. Uh, there's another uh, half hour long Thanksgiving episode uh, that happens later on in the series uh, in which Arnold is so sick of his grandma, who's obviously senile and obviously sundowning because he only celebrates the 4th of July on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. All right. The pieces fit. I see. And later on in the episode, she's wearing a sweater that says Happy New Year, even when it's definitively Christmas. Yeah. So so it's yeah. definitely like it definitely I'm reading too much into it, but yes, what you kind are, of family I love it. What kind of family decorates their Christmas tree besides my own family? That's weird Christian things. Uh mm. the day before Christmas happens. Like no. It was always a big deal in my family because uh, it was related to church and my mother has been obsessed with, well, because she's been a lifelong church choir person. So it's always been a big, busy season for us. So for me, uh, there was a period of my life where my mom decided that Christmas was too materialistic and that we were going to spend Christmas Day focusing on Jesus and nothing else. So... We wouldn't decorate a Christmas tree until Christmas Eve, okay? On Christmas morning, we didn't get presents. We had to give Jesus presents. uh, (laughs) uh, But the whole point is that the wise men brought him gifts, and that's not what you should be bringing the infant child. Oh, whatever. Go on. That's, that's, That's the point. We're not giving him frankincense and myrrh. We're giving him, like, it almost feels like New Year's resolutions, like, uh, what are you going to do better, uh... What are you going to do uh, to help your your Christian walk better? Um, Almost like I should have let you finish the sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then we would actually do our Christmas morning, Christmas morning on New Year's Day, which made New Year's Eve super awesome for me as a six to eight year old. But... But Christmas morning was the absolute fucking worst. I hated it. Like, and the fact that I didn't get any presents and the only present I was going to get was from my grandma and grandpa. Uh, once we went over to their house later that day, just really sucked. Um, in reality, my mom, my mom used Christianity as an excuse. Uh, but in reality, my family didn't have a whole lot of money. Uh, and my sure. mom, uh, to supplement Christmas money every year would create. Uh, beautiful dried flower Christmas wreaths that she would sell to businesses Ooh. around town. Uh, but it would consume her entire life uh, for uh, the entirety of the season up until Christmas Eve. So my parents, of course. one, didn't have the money to pay for Christmas presents for us and two, did not have the time to buy Christmas presents for us until after Christmas season. was over. Uh, and they had the haul. But I feel like if they had just said that to us and be like, listen, this is what's happening. This is what, um, why we have to kind of postpone Christmas until New Year's. Right. Um, we would be okay with that. But instead, like, they put this, this gross Christian varnish over it that, that just made me hate it as a child. I think I saw Christian varnish on that new CW show. What new CW show? There's no, I just thought he sounds like a young actor who's mm. like, like non-threateningly handsome. I think, I think CW is moving away from like the non-threatening, like a lot of murder shows on the CW. So into, into more threats, really. Yeah, threatening. Like, well, yeah. Gross. Anyway. I mean, if they, t- if they just told you that it probably would have worked, but this is America. We don't tell children things. Yeah. And in that vein, 
uh, Arnold is uh, there. He gets Mr. Wynn for his secret Santa. Mr. Wynn, who is smoking a pipe and looking melancholically at the fireplace in a cardigan, like yeah. he's in a painting. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, I think this was, like, the first the first real instance that I could think of where I'm like, oh, yeah, Christmas can be sad. Like, yes, it makes and sense. It should I, be. I feel it. Like, I, I got it and I understand it. Give um, it to me. And what Hook really irritates veins. me about Mr. Wynn in this episode my arm is off with a piece this of is not indicative of him for the remainder of the series. This is oh, the, no. the best portrayal of Mr. Wynn and the only good portrayal of Mr. Wynn in this entire series. Yeah. And I really feel like my Vietnam, Vietnamese friend uh, should have gotten uh, a better... Better than that. I mean, he does become well, Randy Travis at one point, but that's an old. That's episode. true. Well, you know, he only cares for the simple things. But it's it's almost like it happened to a different character, and and not to the Mister Win we get for the rest of it. But like they, they, I get why they couldn't pass up the storytelling opportunity provided by the circumstances. But yeah, you're right. It's it's incredible character development that vanishes the instant it's over. But it's still really satisfying. So. Um, Arnold doesn't really know a whole lot about Mr. Wynn. Like, he... He um, doesn't need candy or a sweater. He's yeah. the man who has everything. Like, like, and I, like, have you ever gotten a secret Santa uh, from someone you just don't really know a whole lot about and how difficult it is to buy them something? If you uh, I've had a job. Them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Starbucks he... gift card. I hate Starbucks so much. Why is that the go-to gift card? I don't understand... <laughs> I hate Starbucks. Uh, if any of our listeners feel like giving me a gift card, uh, Nintendo store, please. Oh, absolutely. I haven't bought a new... Like, the last Nintendo game I bought was Mario All-Stars. Or, or Comixology. Uh, yeah, I bought Mario All-Stars, too. Haven't had a lot of time to dig into it. I've been playing uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is a really, really good, really gorgeous platformer. So, uh, Arnold... Arnold tries to figure out what to get Mr. Wynn. He goes and talks to him like a like a nine-year-old kid would do. Gee, yeah. Mr. Wynn, you seem cold. Do you need a sweater? He's like, no, I got plenty of sweaters. Oh, do he you like candy? many sweaters. Do you like candy? No, it's bad for my stomach. And Arnold's like, well, fuck, what am I supposed to do? Uh, and, then, and then Mr. Wynn decides to tell him the tragic, tragic tale of the fall of Hanoi uh, in Vietnam and how he... But you said you did some research on this, Casey? I did some research on this, yeah, because the uh, Vietnamese refugees attempting to flee the invading North Korean army uh, on U.S. helicopters is an iconic image in American um, film and culture because it's one of the few things we did in that situation that was unambiguously at least, like, the right thing to try to do to help. Yeah. Uh, so we play the hell out of it. Um, but according to the research I did, that would have been during Operation Frequent Wind, which was the final phase of the American evacuation of civilians and at-risk Vietnamese from Saigon, uh, literal days prior to what is known as the fall of Saigon, which is when the North Vietnamese army took it over. So we, we can actually pin down when that would have happened. Um, Mr. Wynn would have given his little daughter, Mai, to that soldier in the American helicopter on either April 29th or April 30th of 1975 during the, the very last days of the Vietnam War. More than 7,000 people were evacuated by helicopter from various points in Saigon just in that two-day period, which is probably one of the reasons it's been so hard to find Mai, because that was an insane amount of people and there was no time for record-keeping or organization of any kind. It just... 
I have issues with this scene. Um, it's a nightmare, first of my all. My is, yeah, but my is, like, not much bigger than a bag. Um, no. So, so the idea that they could only fit one of them onto the, the helicopter, and if you actually look at the image of the helicopter, and, like, I've seen those images of the fall of Saigon and all that stuff. <laughs> Almost packed, empty. How, how packed it was. That, that helicopter is, is pretty much, like, like half of those people could probably cram themselves into that helicopter, and it's, yeah. it'd be fine. Uh, but he's well, like, there's only enough room in this helicopter for one of you. And I'm like, okay, yeah. then, Mr. Wynn, shove mine into your shirt or something. And right. go on to the like like the fact that a man end up and not a without baby, my tumor, either a man or a baby could fit on on the helicopter. Not both the man and the baby. It just like exactly it it it, it didn't. It's like one of those puzzles of where you have to fit like three objects onto a pair of weighted scales, and you learn like one fish plus one book equals one hat or whatever, and you have to rearrange those. Yeah, it's so. The soldier who took Mai from Mr. Wynn shouted the name of this city, whatever the city is, Hillview? Hillcrest? Hill, Crestview? Hill, Hillview. I feel like those are all guitar Hillview. churches. Hillview. And it's taken Mr. Wynn 20 years to get out of Vietnam and come to the city, which actually dates the series, so we know it's at least 1995, because he's been yeah. here for some time since. Yeah, which is season So he still hasn't found her. Sorry. Still hasn't found her, but hasn't given up hope yet. Um, so Arnold immediately seizes on this, says, it's the perfect holiday miracle. I'm going to get Mr. Wynn his daughter back. Gerald reasonably says, uh, hey, Arnold, that's a fucking bonkers idea. Don't try to do that. Yeah. Uh, so they do, and they try to find it. Uh, all the while, we have the B-plot going on, which is Helga trying to find Arnold the perfect Christmas gift. Uh, Correct. She does a bunch of things. She looks at uh, the... Uh, what was it? What was the first thing? Uh, she wanted to get a unicycle. unicycle, but it wasn't flashy enough. There was something else that wasn't, or that was too flashy. A train or, set. Uh, a train set with one-legged Bob, the affable the railroad affable train. The affable railroad tramp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that was at the top I of it. I love you, Tony. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. So, um. Sorry. One second. My kitten is requesting to be let out of the room. And you know what, Phony? Normally I try to save this for the end of the episode, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and declare it. One-Legged Bob, the affable railroad tramp, he gets my Monkey Man award. Yeah. I think uh, Gerald mentions Monkey Man in this episode as well uh, at one point, too. When He does. He says Arnold is just as crazy as Monkey Man. Yeah. But yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Uh, One-Legged Bob, the affable railroad tramp, is also my Monkey Man award. Uh, I have yes! We got a double well. Monkey Man! <laughs> On our first one! Yeah. Oh, well, dial M for multiple one. monkeys. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of sprung it on you last time. Um, okay. So okay. Uh, so she looks at the railroad. She looks at a bunch of things. Uh, she, at one point, 
tries to get Arnold a video game and uh, actually shows the video game to Arnold and Gerald and both of them are like, ah, it's flashy, but it doesn't really show that you care about the person. Arnold doesn't say anything. Gerald just talks a mad shit on it right in her face. It's wild. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate like, like, and that's, that's, and that you were talking about it, like, Despite the fact that Helga is a very, very selfish person or is portrayed as a very, very selfish person when it comes to Christmas in this episode, she spends a majority of this season, this, this episode just trying to find Arnold the perfect gift to give something to someone else. Like, yeah. like she, she obsesses over it. And granted, it's for her own, like, if I give this gift to Arnold, Arnold will realize that I love him and he'll love me back and right. it's all great. Um, but, uh, they, but she does that. Uh, so uh, Arnold finds a place that <laughs> he thinks is the best, uh, the best chance of them finding Mister Wynn's daughter. Uh, Correct. It's, it's a government records office. What's and it you called? And I both have. It's a it's a government records office of some kind. They and call you and it I the both Department have things... of Information or something like that. Oh, sure, the, the DOI. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you and I both have things to say about this. Mine is that there is a Latin motto above the too. entrance to the doors. I have that one yeah. too. Yeah, did you look it up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it says, Cave Quivi Sumus, which means... Uh, beware whoever we are. <laughs> yup. Uh, <laughs> which, again... That's not even a joke for the parents. That's not like, let's put something in here for all the Latin majors watching. That's just some nerdy show writers who are well, like, like, let's let me, do... Let me, let me, let me, I have some things to say about this building, though. I am almost positive that he went into the CIA to... <laughs> to find Mr. Wynn's daughter. This kid just walked... Okay, first off, we've established that this city is is home to clandestine operations. One. Yeah, right. like, there are spies that actually live and work in this city, so it makes sense. Uh, and, like, I think it's the Department of Information or the, the ag- Information Agency. It's an agency that doesn't actually exist. I actually looked it up. There's no government agency called, like, the Department of Information or something like that. However, there is the no Central such agency. Intelligence Agency, which sure. which his goal is to gain intelligence and gain information and keep records of that information that they've gathered. Um, because let me tell you, if Mr. Wynn has been trying for years to find his missing daughter and was not able to do it, how the fuck was this overworked Jewish man who for some reason is celebrating Christmas, um, how was he able to to find her in an hour tops? It's an Maybe question. in an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a commentary on how little the United States actually tries to uh, to t- take care of its immigrant population, but that's a different conversation. Uh, so, so... Uh, they go and they see this definitely haggard and overworked man doing something. Yep. I'm not entirely sure what he's doing, but he's got a computers. He's got a an office full of paperwork and business, computers. business, business. Uh, it's Christmas Eve, and it's late yeah. Christmas Eve, and he gets a call from his wife, being like, "Have you done the shopping yet?" He's like, "Yeah, of course I've done it, honey." I'm like, "Right? Like, like how? How is he?" Like, like, how is he? He's still because he still works until way late into the night uh, that day. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, Arnold and Gerald ask ask him to help him find my win. Uh, he says, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I got to do Christmas shopping. The kids are like, you know what? We're a bunch of nine-year-olds. Why don't you give us $300 and we'll do your Christmas shopping sure. for you? What could possibly go wrong? So they do. And... <laughs> uh, Oh, also, his name is Mr. Bailey, which like George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I didn't even get that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a good uh, fucking movie. Just so, watched it for the first time last year. Uh, so they, so we have a montage of them doing Christmas shopping, and like, it's always how I've imagined Christmas shopping should be. Yes. Uh, they pull stuff up, they pick stuff up, they go up to the counter, they wrap the presents for them, they have big boxes of presents. I've never had a Christmas shopping experience like that. Um, never. It's, it's, well, and honestly, it sounds like a nightmare, because if you get all your shit at once and you have to carry the whole thing everywhere, it's, it sounds awful, but on screen it looks very good. It looks it looks really good. Uh, they go to an electronics store, and I really wanted to, like I put this on, I hope you talked about this too. The hat yep. guy got a new job! <laughs> the dude from Toller's Bowlers! Yes! I seriously considered giving him my Monkey Man Award, because you know what? He's just out there, he's moving to a new industry. Yeah. Electronics! This yeah. is what the people want! Yeah. They don't want to put stuff on their heads! I Like, I got so excited when I saw him. Like, he's doing better with his life. He asked me. It's electronics. And it's the mid-90s, so the electronics industry hasn't gone under yet. I mean, oh, in five yeah, or no. six years, he's going to be out of a job again, but but that's for that's for future him to deal with. Exactly. Well, I mean, and honestly, that's probably what happened with the bowler boom too. It's like you know, he was on top for quite a few years yeah. after the uh, after the Clockwork Orange fad. Everybody walking around looking like droogs. Yeah. So he, so they figure they they finish everything. They they buy everything um, until they get to the last item of the list, which is a pair of. And here are where the A plot and the B plot kind of combine with each other. Yeah. A pair of Nancy Spamoni. An alpha beta plot. Snow boots as yeah. the last of the list. Uh, and you get what is the classic, that item is not for sale thing, uh, the jingle all the way conundrum, if you would. Uh, right. Where you need to, you promise. I think we both know I will. I think we both know I want to be verbally abused by Sinbad for trying yeah. to get my son a present. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want hey. him to call me Turtle Man. I'm actually watching that tonight. I'm super excited. Why do I remember so much old. about Jingle All the Way? <laughs> Because, because despite how bad that movie is, the the trailer for that movie looked like the best time. Right, just <laughs> that like entire that movie man. was supposed yeah. to take place in a toy store with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad fighting over a Turbo Man doll. That's not what happens in the movie. Uh, fun no. fact: Anakin Skywalker is a sad, divorced child whose dad doesn't pay attention to him. Right, but what about the character he plays? Ah, Hayden Christensen. Uh, that's not no, that's not anyway. Hayden Christensen. It's the kid from uh, Phantom Menace, oh, whose life was guy. ruined because of the Phantom Menace. Sad. Yeah. Well, so the boys request the boots at a shoe counter and literally physically get laughed out of the store. So what's <laughs> like interesting? More... Uh, this this episode was written by Boomers, and you know this re- episode was written by Boomers. Uh, because first off, millennials like weren't in positions of jobs at this point in time. But yeah. also, how rude the customer service these employees had! Like, mm-hmm. like you really think that a, a millennial uh, 
would would physically laugh at a bunch of nine year olds asking for a a present that they want to get. No. Not a chance, and not just for fear of their bosses coming down on them, because every job now requires you to treat every customer like they are God's gift to the earth, but just because that's not... uh, I saw a really interesting linguistic examination of how people our age don't generally say you're welcome because yeah. that feels condescending. We yeah. we say no problem or sure thing or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, about how that reflects a change in our understanding of the, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, patron um, server service, person yeah, relationship. Industry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 the idea that when you say you're welcome, like you're doing the person a favor as opposed right. to no problem, which you don't want them to think that you're inconveniencing in burden uh, by what I like. Doing. I like my pleasure. I think my pleasure is actually one of the yep. best ones to say because not only are you showing that uh, you're not being burdened by helping them out, you're 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 happy and glad to do this. They for actually them. did something for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they get laughed out of there. Um, Helga overhears Gerald trying to console Arnold because they have failed. They go back to Bailey. They say, look, these boots are not available. We got literally everything else on the list. And Bailey says, I'm sorry, dudes. 99% of a list is not a list. No boots, no deal. Even though it's entirely my fault that I waited. definitely disagree with that. There's an entire episode about him not completing an entire list. Exactly. They have fundamentally differing philosophies (laughs) re-list completion. Um... Which, like, it really irritates me because, like, do, do you think he was would be able to find the Nancy Spumoni boots? Uh, like, he wouldn't get, have been able to get them regardless of if the kids had done the list or if the kids had not. No, no. But this way, it's not his fault. Yeah. Yeah. So Helga overhears Gerald uh, consoling Arnold by recounting the entire plot up to that point, which yeah. was helpful. Uh, Helga goes home, and hey, there's Olga, who doesn't get a single mention or line in the entire episode. Which is amazing. And everyone, exactly, everyone is zooched out of their gourds on, yeah. like, high-octane nog. Yeah. Like, I've definitely felt like that 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 kind of nog drunk before on Christmas. It's pretty fun. Uh, they're singing Christmas carols. Uh, they actually feel like a functioning family for the only time in this series. Uh, which yeah, is, 30 seconds. It's beautiful. Uh, like, the fact that Helga... I mean, Olga's playing the piano, but the second Helga came in, uh, Miriam is like, oh, you're sad, Helga. I'm sorry you feel sad. It's Christmas. Open this present, because I love you, yep. and I want to show that love for you the only time of the year that I'm allowed to. Uh, Nancy, uh, Helga gets the Nancy Spumoni boots, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Go Spumoni. She does a little dance in the street as the list that she picked up from Arnold and Gerald conveniently falls out of her her pocket and lands in front of her. Uh, She has the, what did she say? Uh, Oh, criminy, not another moral dilemma. Yeah. Uh, And I noticed this. She doesn't say it mad, Helga. She says it, like, genuinely aggrieved. Like, it pains her. She says, oh, criminy, not another moral dilemma. Like, she's already done this today. Yeah. She's she's dealing with it. Uh, Helga does the good thing and decides to go to the government information building and give an old man her boots. Which, like, let's hope that these boots are the same size as his daughter. He's still going to have a pissed off daughter. Open. Uh, he's like, no, it's Christmas Eve. Go home. I want to be with my family, which is understandable. Uh, totally, government fair. worker man. Like, 
go go work with your family. Uh, Helga pleads with him. Uh, do you have? I think I wrote down the line. Uh, I have a couple of lines from Helga. Yeah, she gets a couple of really really great lines off. Uh, according to her, Christmas isn't about uh, getting yours before the other guy gets his. It's about a funny little football-headed kid with a good heart, but no, no sense, sense of reality. Of reality. <laughs> His yep. entire worldview is at stake. I love that line because that's exactly. He'll never believe in who, miracles again. That's exactly who Arnold is. Like hundred percent. Arnold it has no sense of reality. Like this is the most impossible thing that could have ever happened. Uh, Mister Wynn has been trying to find his daughter for years uh, with no no success. Like Arnold has has spent a good part of 45 minutes just mm-hmm. trying to find her in the city and hoping that and and he's not going to believe in miracles if it doesn't happen. Arnold Shortman immigrant finder so and she she ha- wait she has another line I want to address because for the briefest moment and we actually get it twice in this episode we get not uh not effusive lord byron uh poet helga and not mean hulk hogan helga we get a glimpse of the true helga for just a split second because he says no dice fuck off i'm going home and she turns to him and she says in the tiniest clearest voice she says for pity's sake are you that cold and it's it's just an armor piercing question in the moment it freezes him solid, even as he's getting into his cab. And, like, just the like the glimpse of the true person underneath all of her masks and all of her layers of bravado is fantastic. So, uh, the scene cuts to Christmas at the boarding house. Uh, everybody's Eat getting their presents. Merry uh, Christmas! Ernie gets... Ernie got, uh got oscar for secret santa and gave him a bag of coal which i fucking yeah. love like so like good. no chill in ernie he's just like no, no none at oscar all. you're a piece of shit you get coal for christmas that's all you get and that's all you deserve which is <laughs> is very fair um uh, everybody opens presents and then well and ernie got a he got a new mallet yeah. with a shiny bow on yeah uh yeah uh Grandpa's like, Christmas is over, and Ernie's like, wait, Mr. Wynn didn't get a present. Which, like, Good I mean, Ernie. fuck you, Arnold. Like, just because you can't get him the perfect gift doesn't mean you didn't get him anything. Like, For real, go get him some all. Barnes & Noble books or something. Anything. Anything is better than nothing. I get that that the real present is going to be that Mai shows up to his door in five right. minutes. You're a child. But he's still, not expecting much. But he's like, yeah. His entire worldview is it's, was shaken. He doesn't yeah. believe in miracles anymore. Kind of a lot to leverage on a secret Santa gift, if you think about it. It really is. I love that, I love that line so much. With a good heart, but no sense of reality. Like, it's, it's the truest thing that I think has ever been spoken in this series. It's all I've ever wanted to be, honestly. Yeah. So... Just as it appears that there will be no gift for Mr. Wynn, there's a ring at the door, uh, at which Phil is unreasonably annoyed. He brings up the concept of Yuletide pranksters three separate times in this episode, and I want to know more about that, but the episode didn't have time for it, and neither do we. Uh, it is my, of course. They are reunited. It is wonderful. And Arnold and Gerald are standing off to the side, and uh, Gerald says, I guess miracles can happen all. But how did it happen, Gerald? It doesn't make sense. Well, don't try to make sense of it. A miracle's a miracle. Maybe you've got a Christmas angel looking out for you. Maybe. And it cuts outside the window, and we get uh, 
just another tiny glimpse of like Helga actual, like no no protection, no layers or anything. And she just does that same little whisper. She just says, Merry Christmas, Arnold. Yeah. And that's it. And it's the sweetest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. There was something I was going to bring up. Oh, yeah. Let me talk about how awkward that actual reunion between Mai and her father would actually be. Oh, God. I can't imagine. She's a child. She was a baby. Probably no memory. She doesn't know this man. She doesn't. She 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 hopefully was adopted. Like, I don't know, like, how that uh, a CIA agent, I mean, a, a soldier just brings a child to the United States, puts her in an orphanage, gets her up for adoption. Right. What happens to this girl? And... And she definitely doesn't know Vietnamese. There's no way in no, hell, no chance in hell that she bit. would know Vietnamese. Uh, so, but I don't want to ruin the good ending because it's a very, very no. happy ending. And it's a very well. Sweet I mean, because like preventing reality from ensuing was the entire point of the episode, yeah. right? So, so he finds him. His daughter just so happens to be wearing the exact same outfit she was when she was a, a baby. Look, she found a look that works for her, and she stuck with it. Uh, we should uh, all be so lucky. So that is the Christmas episode. Um, I think it's it's probably one of the best episodes in the series, and it's really indicative of what the series will become later on. Uh, we're yeah. still in the first season, and the first season, like, is really trying to find its footing. Um, first season of anything is shaky, but but I think this is like it's probably my favorite episode of this season. Uh, definitely not my favorite episode of the series. No. But, uh, like, it's one I've been looking forward to uh, for a long time, and that's one of the reasons why we decided to just kind of pull it out of the lineup and just talk about it right now, because it's Christmas. Because and... we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Let's make a Gerald Field report so we can talk about it, and we won't get sued, because this isn't the real song. I think it is the real song. I think it's just a remix. I don't know nope. how it works. Uh, anyways, uh, final thoughts. This is the remix. Anything uh, else that yeah. you... I wanted to talk very briefly about how when Arnold is wallowing in defeat, like he just thinks it's all it's all doomed to hell now, he's lying on his bed and you just see him staring up at the ceiling. Now, we know that he has a skylight there, so presumably he's just staring at snow on <laughs> like just this blank wall of white. And you see him staring... And you just hear the helicopter sounds <laughs> yeah. from Mr. Wind's story. So just this nine-year-old lying there With in Vietnam bed, vividly imagining the fall of Saigon, yeah. <laughs> uh, was a deeply surreal moment to me that I didn't know how to interpret. So I put it aside, left it for better men than I. Uh, I really liked the art style of Mr. Wind's flashback. I think that was a, a very, very interesting yes. art take on that. Well, and they never said Vietnam. I mean, we know he's we know he's from Vietnam. Obviously, we know that we see the fall of Saigon and stuff. But he he just framed it as he's from another country. Well, there was a war. If you, and like, if you listen to the if you read subtitles when you watch episodes, because that's all I do is read subtitles. Same. Um, at the very end, he says uh, the subtitles say he's talking to my in Vietnamese. So well, yeah, and I mean, like, even Oscar calls him my Vietnamese friend or something like that. They they never hide it, but like. For the audience that was aimed at at the time, there might have still been weird feelings that they were trying to sidestep by not specifically name-checking that. I mean, like, my dad was in the Vietnam War. How would he have felt, you know? And the answer should be, obviously, that you want to see this father and child reunited no matter where the fuck they're from. But, I don't know, it was it was just weird. And you know what? Another thing, uh, 
much like the whole Germany-Deutschland thing, I don't know that Vietnam is what Vietnamese people call it. It is. And maybe they just didn't want to touch that. It is. It is. Is um, it? Uh, I watched an episode of The Amazing Race. It's a real, it's a weird, like, uh, like, juxt- like jump from what we're talking about. But there was an episode of The Amazing Race, uh, and I was super into watching The Amazing Race for a few years, uh, where they actually go to Vietnam. Uh, no. That's just one of the things. But they sing a song about Vietnam, which offended a lot of veterans because of talking about oh how glorious Vietnam was. And it was, like, very, in very, very poor taste. Uh, um, and But they do call themselves Vietnam as they're singing the song. Fair enough. Yeah, I've always wondered. Because, like, I know Japan and China, a lot of countries have different names for them than, like, we refer to them as or that are on the maps. Yeah. Well, what about you, Tony? You got any, any final thoughts? Uh, I think that was it. Uh, that was it. Oh, all uh, right. Uh, it's possible that uh, they made a translation error and they actually uh, meant to say Cave uh, Kivi Estes, uh, which translates to beware whoever you are. Uh, right. Rather than whoever we are. Whoever we are. Yeah, that's what I saw that that's probably what that was supposed to be. But translating Latin is apparently an imprecise thing, no matter what. Good heart. Uh, no way would she know Vietnamese. No, I think that is it. We got four minutes Well, that's to it from us. Welcome to the end of the Gerald Fields' first annual uh christmas episode we hope you got a little bit of that sweet yuletide melancholy up in your veins that's what we're here for uh we hope you and yours have a safe holiday season whatever holiday you may or may not celebrate even if uh you only saw the lone hanukkah card in the window of the department store where arnold and gerald went shopping (laughs) um (laughs) to make up for that though yeah. Stay tuned for a very, very special Gerald Field Report episode where we dive into the Hanukkah episode of uh, my favorite Jewish po- my favorite Jewish positive show, Rugrats. Uh, Fuck yeah. It's going to be coming up soon. I think maybe the next episode we record is going to be that. We're babies and we got to do what we babies got to do. On that note, everybody, uh, please, for the love of everything you hold dear, please continue to be safe, continue to wash your hands, continue to socially distance. Uh, Today marks the first day we lost a 9-11's worth of people in one day. Today, December the 3rd, 2020. We're we're finally at that point where a 9-11 is happening every day in this country. And, like, y'all, I work in healthcare. Y'all have just stopped being afraid. You have just adapted, which is understandable. It's what humans do. I get it. You've decided that this is life now and you can't afford to be actively scared every moment of every day. I get that. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to be smart. Wash your hands. Put on your damn mask. Don't go visit your elderly grandparents that you haven't seen for 20 years and now suddenly feel the need to go visit in North Carolina. Whatever. Um, And, of course, that's an incredibly privileged statement. I know not everybody can afford to. Just be safe, know that we love you, and if there's anything your favorite Gerald, your favorite Hey Arnold podcast can do to help, let us know. So, if you guys like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast network, uh, our Patreon feed, where you can get... Listen to me talk about Ready Player Two for a half hour. uh, I think longer than the actual length of this episode, yeah. Uh, No, I think this episode ran for around an hour, which is around... Uh, By the time I cut it down! Okay. Um, So... (laughs) Um, 
So subscribe to our Patreon feed. This is how we're able to afford fancy microphones, uh, recording yeah. equipment, and just kind of get yeah. us basic functionality uh, to keep producing the shows and episodes that you the love. The Nancy Spumoni boots if I'm wearing right like now. If you like our podcast, please listen to our other podcasts. We have quite a few of them on our network. A lot of them aren't... Uh, in commission right now but that does not mean episodes aren't in the works and it doesn't also mean that you can go back and just listen to all of the old episodes uh, that you love and appreciate including episodes of this podcast and then the boots saved Christmas hooray uh, so if you like this, uh, please listen to Dice and Virtue, a D&D 5e podcast with Casey, Dylan, and Christina. You can listen to uh, The Final Podblum, a Sherlock Holmes study podcast with Casey and Nicholas. Uh, you can listen to Squirrel Scouts of uh, America, an unbeatable Squirrel Girl podcast with Casey, Liz Layton, and Andrew Orsi. And uh, you can listen to Peculiar Objects, a kids on bike adventure run by Nigel and starring Steve, Casey, and I. Uh, and you can listen to Honest Dave's Discount Magic, a cyber magic. S- you got to remember the cyber, cyber magic. Uh, Honest a, Dave's Discount Cyber Magic, a cyberpunk role playing podcast uh, with uh, Casey, Dylan. And I run All of those descriptions by are William, uh, which should be in the works uh, sometime soon. Yeah. So that's it, every guy, everybody. Uh, please remember, uh, wash your hands. All caps are bad. Stay football-headed. And You type in all caps all the time. Wait, what? No, I said all caps. You, the, 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 no, the, you, you, the, try, you tried to say ACAB and all cops are bad at the same time, and you said all caps are bad. It was I very funny. I caps a lot in this. Uh, a lot of caps in, in what I'm same. writing in my notes. Uh, anyways, uh, all cops are bad. Uh, please wash your hands. Uh, stay football-headed. And if there's a pair of very, very expensive boots that you need to get your daughter Send for Christmas. Send them to us. Uh, okay, that's what Casey wants for Christmas. Please send, send your expensive them your to daughter's expensive us. boots to us, which really give does me not, your children's shoes. That's not okay, Casey. This is just I'm gonna donate is, them, Thony. Uh, okay, to me. <laughs> no, all right, buddies. Cut all of that. Have a very spumoni Christmas, all our buddies. I hate spumoni. It's a gross kind of ice cream. I'm hitting stop. <laughs> <laughs>